This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode in our Kaiju month here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. Joining me, as always, is uh, my wonderful Kaiju brethren, Joe and Eric. Joe and Eric. Hello, hello. We're here. How are you guys? <laughs> Pretty good. good. Pretty good. It's a good, good month doing uh, Kaiju movies. I'm already having fun. I kind of wish we could do like 10 of these. but We will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, will we have the power. I mean, it, there's nothing that stops us from just doing mm. this. There's nothing that made us do this. It's a, it's a spin-off podcast. If anyone else has time, I will gladly be a guest. So, <laughs> just every there's such a large library of kaiju movies. I think we could oh, just yeah, you dedicate. Could go, you could go years on it. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. I keep they keep releasing more and more trailers for Kong versus Godzilla, and I was like, I just don't want to look at them yet. I've seen yeah, a few, and they're good, but I'm trying not to watch a bunch because it's getting to the point where they're just going to start showing all of the scenes, and I don't want to overinterpret that. <laughs> I have this like I, old yes. god, yeah. old Godzilla film traumatic experience thing that comes back. Like I don't want to see all the trailers because because what if it's a, the only monster footage that's in the movie? <laughs> like, and I know mm-hmm. it's not going to be in this day and age, but still, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Cross fingers, hopes for the best. We all remember seeing those when we were younger, right? You saw the trailer, and everything with the monster ended up in the trailer, and yeah. Well, that yeah. was a, a vast majority of their first legendary Godzilla movie, though. There, there wasn't Darkzilla. Much, yeah, Darkzilla. <laughs> though, King, as we've talked about, King of the Monsters was definitely an improvement on, <laughs> yeah, imagery. I think, yeah, hands down, an improvement. Mm-hmm. And, and with the, I mean, there was a lot of cool stuff about it. it was well, it a great movie overall? I'm not sure, but I don't think I was I looking for one though. I mean, I was looking yeah. for a competent Godzilla movie, and but it, it, it worked. <laughs> as we talked about last week, like Godzilla versus Biollante was silly and and you know, um, but it was still a great movie because of you know just a whole lot of fun. So there's still something missing in that in that um, in that recipe that Legendary hasn't quite hit yet, and I'm hoping hoping we get it this time. So well, you know what. There's actually a Godzilla movie that doesn't fucking skip around and go straight to showing some Godzilla action pretty good throughout. There is? Yeah, and we're removing Tell us it about it, right? Yeah, yeah, fucking review. We're uh, <laughs> really? going to review it tonight. We're going to talk about it. And that sounds familiar. Like, I might have just watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if you're like me, you watched it twice in two different uh, dubs and subs. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, we're talking about uh, 2016's Toho's uh shin godzilla I so mean, yeah oh gosh i know mean, we oh, we did talk about this when we did our big kaiju discussion we, very we, early on in the podcast but we you're like you said last week we haven't dedicated an episode no, no. to this film and yeah, when so. this this thing came up and it was like we each chose a movie uh and i'm like i'm like yeah i'm i'm bringing back shin godzilla much like shin godzilla brought back Godzilla, like original Godzilla story in a modern way. Like this, it deserves a whole episode to itself. 
Um, well, and I think I even admitted last week, like this is this is one of my favorite Godzilla movies. So my bias is yeah. going to be there right off the top of the bat. You know, I'm, oh yeah, I'm not trying to hide anything. <laughs> There's no big reveal, but um, <laughs> yeah, and I guess disclaimer as well. This is not just one of my favorite Godzilla movies. This is like one of my favorite movies of the past like ten years, like uh, sci-fi, like the you know, it's definitely monster movies. But I'd say even beyond that, I enjoyed it a lot. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I'd be in it's that beautiful. Same <laughs> but well, what about it, right? Well, it's it's a cinematic masterpiece. It's it's a uh, it's written in um, by Hidako Anyo. I should pronounce that better, but because I'm a huge, if any if anyone's an anime fa- fan that listens to this podcast, uh, he is the creator of the the greatest, dare I say, mech animes, but definitely anime, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. And the movies that follow. Uh, and so he wrote, and I think he partly directed this. It was actually mainly directed by uh, Shinji Higuchi. Higuchi, yeah. Higuchi, yeah. Um, Higuchi is credited as a co-director, and, and Hideki Anno does um, get the uh, director credit. But yeah, I'm not sure how they actually split up the work, so you never know. <laughs> I think it was mainly him. Uh, An- Anyo has a tendency to be well-known for be- having like great bouts of depression in fact he did have a uh, great bouts of depression when it came to making this movie he was just doing the evangelion uh, rebirth films um and he was just hitting a low point and in fact when they called him up to ask if he would direct this he said no and hung up right away and then his friend like a week later actually said like yeah you should probably do that he goes yeah yeah you're probably right i probably should have done that and i'm glad because this this movie in so many ways has a lot of like evangelion uh elements to it like the way that this godzilla is created which we'll get to later on is just 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 so much what he does with a monster how he depicts uh people in charge government both the incompetent and the competent uh and how humanity uh works together ultimately and to defeat a threat and the importance of that those are always his his main themes of things and so i i should probably just talk about the plot so it's it's pretty much kind of like a true uh remake of the original godzilla movie and Mm -hmm. done in a very original way well yeah i mean because you've got the the original gojira plot where it's you know in that version it's nuclear testing yep irradiates this ancient Creature. Sea life, yeah, yeah, essentially like yep. a kind of a, a dinosaur, right? And it grows to monsters these gigantic proportions, and it wreaks havoc. But you know, in the original movie, the reason Godzilla wreaks havoc on Tokyo is he just kind of walks through it. <laughs> it's, yep. He's not like right. really going after something; he's just attacking because yep. monsters—that's what they do. Well, he's initially just trying to walk. Yeah, he's just he, on a walk, and all of a sudden, people are shooting him. Right? So, like, yeah, yeah, and he goes he back to the ocean. He actually like, well, defend himself. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, the, the series went off on its own. It, it took a life of its own. And, it and some are canon to that original movie and some aren't. But this one, yeah, it goes back and, and hits the same notes about human activity, irresponsible human activity creating a creature. But it's much more, I don't want to say it's scientifically accurate, but it's using more uh, updated scientific themes. Well, it also yeah. explores more like like we discussed the classic Godzilla uh, is uh, talks about like the bombing 
of Tokyo back in World War Two. This um, one does, yeah. They definitely bring that up a lot in this one. That one in, in does reference. have a heavy, yeah. That one does have a heavy emotional scene, but this one more so focuses mm-hmm. also on the recent natural dis- natural disasters that occurred in Tokyo within that time within this time frame. Well, uh, I, I don't know if I, yeah, the natural disasters that they the, mixed the s- with. Yeah, the, 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 the Fukushima Aichi nuclear disaster that was in what, like 2011? Mm-hmm. 11. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the tsunami as well. Right, you've got an earthquake um, and a tsunami, and then this, then the, the Fukushima, and even even the imagery in this, there's some like shots that could have been taken in, you know, that could have been taken in Japan when that happened. Like there they, are, yeah. they re- yeah. yeah, they did shots that definitely like showed the tsunami, like when Do- Godzilla first comes on land, the the flooding, the damage. Yeah, all the all the the boats and everything that are in, you know, they get all forced down into the canals, yep. and it's just this mass of of debris, water and debris, just moving in like this one gigantic thing. And yeah, I remember watching news footage of that. They, yeah. by the way, they, that effect that they used in the movie was a combination of green screen and miniature work. Wow. Yeah, that the the flooding down that one particular alleyway, like some of those scenes, <laughs> that's part of their practical. I thought that was worth mentioning. That's but yeah, really cool. But yeah. to to add on to the tsunami thing, going back to what Joe mentioned about the the reactor meltdown, they also have that here too, where they're showing like the measure, like the measurements of radiation in that in those areas especially after godzilla's iconic uh his, his atomic yeah. um beam scene like they they stress on like these areas are uninhabitable like well, he because, has yeah right and, and then they start talking irradiated about the <laughs> yeah well, and they, uh, but they talk about that being that's part of their history. They've dealt with that before, and they kind of, like every Godzilla movie, kind of like not everyone, but there's a few where they do mention this, but they never really put that emotional weight on it. Yeah, which is in this one, and, and yeah, this definitely treats Godzilla. He's not fighting another monster in this one. It's it is back to the original Godzilla in terms of Godzilla is once again a force of nature. Yeah. He's yeah. not a hero. He's not a villain. He's a thing. He's an event. Yep. Um, they somehow accomplished something in this movie that no one has, and that including Legendary Pictures, has not quite been able to do perfectly. And that is, after all of these years of you know Godzilla becoming this kind of like folk um, hero in a way, in the, in the context of the movies, and also just kind of a you know the symbol of a certain type of kitschy B movie, um, they managed to make Godzilla frightening again. Oh, he's yeah. horrifying. Which is a because um, I really think Legendary was attempting to do that, and they they didn't get there the way that you know this film does. This film, the monster is actually terrifying. Almost every time it's on screen, and it, you know it changes, and we'll get into that, like the evolution aspect. But every every iteration of this creature is, you know, <laughs> off-putting and and just terrifying. So, uh, no, oh, yeah, hats off to them to because I think the only other Godzilla film out there, and and there's many of them. What are we on twenty, twenty-five, six that are coming out here um, with the Kong one? But um, yeah, I'm probably wrong. I have to look that up, but. I can I only mean, think of this one, one other one. This one is the 29th one. Godzilla film produced 29th. by Toho. Okay. Yeah. 
that's produced okay. by yeah Toho, so, so so we're yeah so with the legendary movies we're well above 30 so yeah i'm wrong yeah. but um the uh i don't think one other godzilla film that really nails that and that's the original <laughs> he, yeah. and in that film you know he's got that that same kind of you know well he's, I, he's a frightening force of nature like you know the Let's let's be honest. And all the other Godzilla, even Godzilla versus Biollante, which we had a lot of fun with last time, but they they really there's no casualties anymore. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's what makes God the original Godzilla and what makes this really a much more terrifying movie is it's not about Godzilla as a character. Like I said, it's more Godzilla is an event and yep. surviving that event. Nobody nobody's really. Like you, by the time you get to Godzilla versus Biollante, you know there's like Godzilla alarms, and people already know, you know, get the fuck out of out of your house and go to high ground <laughs> and do this. Yeah. This is what you do. It's like a fire alarm. Um, that makes those movies a lot of fun, but it definitely takes away the the terrifying element. You're you're now watching monsters fight. Like I don't think Godzilla versus Kong is going to be a a heartfelt movie from that perspective. It, they, <laughs> they're going to make they're going to make the gorilla, you know, sympathetic. But yeah, and and Godzilla to some degree too, I'm sure. But it's it's not going to be like you're worried about people. No, right. In in that, not in the same way as this one, where half of the plot of this is bureaucracy, and how mm. do you deal with an unprecedented event? How do you deal with something that nobody's ever even considered before, and you know nothing about? And one of my favorite themes of this is this is people cherry pick their data, right? You've got their, <laughs> the experts that cherry pick their information and they make their statement and they're right until they're not because yeah. they weren't thorough and they weren't honest. And I, I love right. that about this movie. That's a good segue to the next point, which is going to be talking about the, the other plot of this, which is with our main characters the only humans that we ever see in this movie really are they're they're the government they're the government so the director and uh, and writer they do a good job of creating these scenes and dialogue that show it's kind of like a satire like oh, the 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 humor also comes up in in this uh dark movie uh through the government show in the early parts of it shown like the incompetence mainly based on hesitation political status like you have to follow like all these ranks before a good idea is fucking actually found or even initiated uh and like joe mentioned the so-called experts like they're heads of their feet like the one of the jokes is when the <laughs> is when uh the the prime minister is seeing the three heads of of was a biologist a paleontologist and um like an environmental scientist. A marine, or, no, a marine, yeah, a marine yeah. biologist. Marine biologist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. and like he's just the sitting experts. there, yeah, the experts, and he's just sitting there in his chair waiting for them to say something. And first guy's just like, ah, no, I couldn't really see. It could have been a dinosaur. Ah, next guy's just like, yeah, I couldn't really tell what it was either. I don't know. And then the third guy is just like, I have a very good reputation. Like if I'm going to say anything about this without any kind of data, I, I just lose. I'll just lose that. And he's, and then right away they're like, it looks like the meeting's going to be over pretty soon, guys. And then they just yeah. go from one They're literally meeting. like, the experts know nothing. <laughs> they don't know anything. And they go from one meeting to another. And they show that, too, with, like, with the main character, uh, Rando Yaguchi. 
uh, is our main character, and he starts off as Deputy Chief Cabinet Secretary, but there's this running joke throughout the movie that the more responsibilities he gets as the movie progresses, his title becomes longer and longer. (laughs) Um, So he just wants to get a task done. He just wants to figure out the problem. He and he does get, gather this group of misfits, the people who really know how to cut through the red tape, and in the end, they're the they're the group that actually succeeds. Yeah. Like literally, after half of government gets destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was an intentional going back to like how this ties in to modern things is uh, with those disasters that did happen, a lot of criticism was towards the Japanese government for both their inability to act as quickly as they should have when those disasters occurred. Uh, Of course, according to the writer and the director of this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And then not only that, but in the same degree, show when it does work. Like, this movie isn't just a flat-out, like satire of government it exposes what doesn't work in a government but also gives us an example of how it should work and how it is beneficial for everyone when it does so he does a twofer there he criticizes and he corrects i don't know what do you guys think about that i think it's i think it's one of the strengths of the movie and i think coming off of you know the early part of the 2010s with you know the, the major natural disasters well one natural and one <laughs> human-created disaster uh, that Japan um, went through. I think it's a, re- it's a reaction to that. I mean, they all yeah. just watched their government have a crisis like this. And um, I think, yeah, I, I absolutely think it's one of the most interesting parts of the film. And it's, it's interesting not only in the fact that it doesn't go for the way that Gareth Edwards did when he made his Godzilla film, uh, and the way that, you know, Ashiro Honda did when he made his original Godzilla film, is they, you know, they had Godzilla... Uh, this force of nature coming into the city, it's going to, you know, it's wreaking havoc. It's, it's killing hundreds of people. It's, it's, uh, um, but what they do to kind of like centralize the, the threat is they give you these characters that you're supposed to care about and write, you know, write, they have their own kind of like, you know, family dynamic and romances and this and that. And, and, and it, that works in a way, but this movie took a totally different angle on the whole thing. They make you care about it by looking at the way that society deals with natural disasters and the way that government sometimes can slow, I don't know, slow the process to to a, a crawl. So it's a criticism, ultimately, of democracy, but not in a way of like, you know, democracy bad, some other form good. It's showing, you know, some of the ways that we can get kind of... In the bureaucracy, you mean? Yeah, yeah. well, in the bureaucracy, but but essentially that you know just the, the logjam of red tape, you know, this red tape yeah. kind of bureaucracy creates when trying to deal with a situation that's not going to stop and wait for you to have a meeting, to to put together a, a you know a committee and and et cetera et cetera. Um, Where someone made a comment of like, wow, it took him two hours to do this to the city. Yaguchi's comment is like, it took us two hours to fail to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Sorry, I, I just wanted to add that to your... No, and, and absolutely. Um, it's an interesting take on it, and that makes it different than the the other reboots of Godzilla. So the original, the Gareth Edwards one, even um, The Return of Godzilla is, has some similarities to those two films. This one is kind of its own 
own beast because it takes a different it doesn't try to like tie you to a group of characters through telling a story in that way it, it makes some very real um criticisms of the way that you know you know yeah democratic governments you know the way that they have these kind of situations of trying to deal with a on the ground happening situation so yeah. you know i will say it's like the darkest episode of park and parks and rec i've ever seen um <laughs> right so this this movie is this is a fully cgi'd godzilla though this movie did make a miniature and a and not really a suit but a puppet an animatronic it did not work and Toho insisted that they create a whole like a whole cgi Godzilla, but they still had miniature, like I mentioned previously, miniature uh, footage set and then recomposed back in with live, which was, we mentioned that right away. I thought this movie did a very fucking good job with the CGI. I'm not saying it was 100% perfect, but it looked pretty damn good. Um, Yeah, it did. Nothing against, you know, Toho or Japan and their studios, but it's just like, they don't really have like Marvel budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to see it, like, right. it's pretty good for, like, it's very fucking good. I don't want to say pretty good. It's very good for, like, what... It's extremely good at in most cases. There are some yeah. extreme close-ups of the monster. I feel like when you get, like, super close to this thing, you start to notice, like... And it's not that it looks bad, necessarily, but you, you, you catch out, like, oh, wait, that's CGI. Well, that's how good it is, because the rest of the time you're not really sure like it could be you know a model it could be um yeah you know, something that's really there interacting with miniatures or whatever but i think that um, the two things for me that were obvious were like its eye shield when it triggers its eye shield and uh when it does its first metamorphosis and like joe mentioned it does that vibration thing like mm-hmm. that one's pretty mm-hmm. obvious other than that yeah well you know th- this also in a different perspective from a different perspective but still the the fact that godzilla in this is not portrayed as a a character you know yeah it's it's the same as cloverfield for example you know where it's an it's a thing that's happening it doesn't your the focus isn't the creature because ooh, what's the creature gonna do like in response to this or that it's stay the hell away from it you know how are you going to get to safety from this event and that is such a different take than than yeah what legendary is doing um and i don't know if that would have worked for legendary though for what they were trying to do for like a shared universe thing i mean you can only do it once in a franchise well we've seen we've seen we've seen what americans can do in the 90s with just a solo godzilla movie versus military they had yeah. to go in the B movie. Let's fight all monsters <laughs> realm to get it right. That's that is true, and I think that's because they still, I mean, they still tried treating the creature like it. it they gave it too much personality. Like he, he sniffs Matthew Broderick, and then he, you know he's oh angry because you killed my Velociraptor ripoff babies. Uh, you know, <laughs> and you know that. Godzilla chases them out of vengeance. You know, it's like what I like about Shin Godzilla is there's a response, but it's mostly motor response. Yeah. You know? It's Yeah, I don't think you ever get the impression that this creature is, you know, thinking in the terms of you know, 
it's it's angry or it's feeling some kind of yeah it's it's just surviving it's moving it's evolving yeah yeah it, it's it kind of has the mentality of like a very basic organism it's just like just get up do your thing oh i'm getting too hot go into a more comfortable environment come back do your thing but yeah, um, but i i think <laughs> right there even in the way we talk about this character of godzilla in this movie is so different because it isn't even a he it's just it's a it's this it just it's It's just it's a reflex it's a walking reflex essentially there's no cognitive anything and that that's one of the really unique things obviously about this version of godzilla is that godzilla evolves from the beginning to the end it's in a constant state of I don't know. The right. biology background in me makes it hate that they keep using the word evolution. It adapts, but anyway, um, yeah. It's, well, it, well, it's, it was it's undergoing metamorphosis, but yeah, 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 it's it's metamorphosing continuously to adapt to its surroundings, and that's it's a really fascinating take on why this creature is so terrifying. And oh god, the scene even towards the end where it's just part of the landscape. Yep, mm-hmm. is jarring and it's it's an unsettling image well the last line is like we have to learn to live with it yeah 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 we're gonna have to learn how to co coexist with godzilla mm-hmm. unsettling is probably the best word for every moment this thing's on screen like it's just like even in the way that it like you said it doesn't have any personality the way that it uh addresses things the threats to it the bomb the bombers and bombs that it's being hit with um it's it's eyes and the way it kind of is just blank and um i don't know it's just something so there's something anthropomorphic about the way that godzilla usually is in movies and that is missing from this creature Mm -hmm. like there is nothing humanish about this at all like it's it's a it's a true abomination yeah like yeah, I, it's I, I, don't, I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep doing the same comparison. But if you look at the legendary Godzilla, you know, there's the snorts. Well, they came out the, the same year, so it's appropriate. Yeah, you know, there's like the snorts and the uh, like. I, I'm not gonna. I'm, I would be surprised if Godzilla wipes his chin after getting punched in it at some point. You know, like Rocky style or something. I was gonna say he, he he's the contender. You know, he's the, right. There, he's the boxer. Yeah. yeah, he's the fight. A, that's Godzilla the fighter. This is Godzilla the monster. It, yeah, it's yeah. just a. It's, it's. I like how even the googly eyes on the earlier like <laughs> stages, mm-hmm. which the are kind of creepy, but they're fish eyes. Yeah, like yeah. this is not this is not an evolved dinosaur. I love that about it. It's not a dinosaur. It's, I mean, shit. This thing could have come from a flatworm. Yeah, yeah. It's almost eel-like at first. Mm-hmm. Is what it reminds me of. Yeah, but. yeah. It's it's it feels like a combination of like various disgusting forms of sea life that you just find on the most bottom parts and they're just unionized into one form it's just mm-hmm. so many things like but that it, like you mentioned the eyes and it's like first off the eyes are never changing they never change size like they're massive when it's in its first like in its first few stages but when it becomes mm-hmm. the the true shin they're technically the same size eyes mm-hmm. exactly which makes them so beady and it's so it's so unnerving and, and it's yeah. so great you, you think it's like oh this is kind of ridiculous like no it's it's actually kind of horrifying watching this this um uh, 
fetus-looking Godzilla slither its way downtown, try, like just bleeding out of its gills. It's just <laughs> pouring gallons of blood everywhere. Well, more than gallons. <laughs> but, like, this thing's disgusting. It's it's a walking scab. It's a walking burnt scab. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just glowing. That's because it's constantly shifting. It's it's adapting. It's growing. It's uh... It looks like it's in constant agony. It is yeah, in constant. Yeah, I think that too. Yeah. Well, and the... There's something off-putting about that too, I think, is it does. It looks like it's constantly in pain. It, it it screams out the heat when when it does its first metamorphosis to the the red stage as they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it just the quivering, it, the quivering, the sc- when it screams out the heat, like and it's just like oh it's in pain and you're watching those like blood meaty flaps on the side of its face sh- vibrate and it's just like <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's, it's just so fucking cool well and i i love that about it too because i you know and i i know i said this before but it even fits that too it's like you you handle the problem until the problem isn't that same problem anymore mm-hmm. and it so first it's oh there's this creature in the water and you you know its tail is sinking ships okay how are we gonna and it's busting up the the tunnels how are we gonna handle that oh shit it's on land now Okay, well, it's this lumbering through this one neighborhood. Oh, and now it's upright and it's knocking over buildings. And now it's got arms. And every time it comes back, it's worse. Um, your your solution to the problem works until it doesn't. Yeah. Right? And got, the, the great line where they're like, well, based on our current estimates of this animal, from the grainy pictures we've seen, it probably isn't going to come on land because it can't support its own weight. Oh, wait, is- it does. Which is also is. the joke yeah. towards what was it like even before this movie came out, all the people going Godzilla could never exist because it would be crushed yeah. under its own weight. And it's yeah. like, well, that's what makes this thing so fucking frightening. This this Godzilla, it does this what it one, needs to. Yeah. Because it figures it, out it, a yeah, way. It, it just it's kinda like the, the old bumblebee saying, which is bullshit, but it's a cute phrase, you know, like there's no biological way that the bumblebee should be able to fly. Yet it does, because it doesn't care what biologists say, you know? Um, same kind of thing here. Like Godzilla shouldn't exist yet. Here it is. That's what right. makes it a frightening monster. It mm-hmm. goes it's beyond improbable. your expectation. Yep. It's, it's the unknown. It, it's, it's a snapshot into how the masses deal with improbable situations occurring, which of course they can occur no matter how improbable. And wow. Did that feel relevant? So we should know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In many ways, but I'll save that for in a few moments. Well, how about that public misunderstanding of, you know, I'm just going to leave it at misunderstanding of science, the the whole idea that, like, oh, well, we don't have this concept of, like, well, we're learning about something, so you need to accept that this is what we know now, and that that's going to, that could potentially change, and when it does, like, you know, I don't know. Well, you know, adapting in a way, your understanding to those. Sort in a way, that's what I really loved about like the the three experts that we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, because that that scene is kind of viewed in two ways. You know, they were like, "Well, those guys were useless." Of course, they were useless. You're asking three experts in biology and paleontology and marine biology to what their impressions are on something where they know literally just as much as you, and they're like, yeah. "Well, I don't know much." Why are you, you know, it's like, I, I know as much as you, I haven't studied this yet. I'm looking at the same grainy-ass photos. 
<laughs> that that brings up a good point for for both the evolution of Godzilla and how the humans react because I think when uh, Yaguchi's team gets together and they formulate a plan, they show a very good parallel to Godzilla, like where Godzilla is shedding the unnecessary to evolve to the next stage that he needs to. Um, same goes with this this group of people who are like list like there are elements here that are not working. We need to start taking action now. We need to start doing what we need to. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to eliminate the hierarchy. Like we're like if you have an idea, you say it. Like there's no need to go through other people. And I think it's mm -hmm. like a lot of us have dealt with that. I think everyone at one point deals with it, where you learn about the inner like hierarchy of a place. And you realize that you've talked to somebody that was, quote unquote, above, above you, like above, like you skipped somebody's step and you get like reprimanded. Despite the fact that you had a good idea, the fact that you went mm -hmm. out of your way. And it's just like that idea is like, that's not progress. And like this movie exposes that too. It's like that you got a, you got a natural disaster who doesn't care if you're uh, a prime minister or if you're the uh, executive chief assistant to the prime minister it's fucking shit up we need to act we need to be people we need to like protect others i don't know i don't know how you guys felt about it but it's like one of the most adult things i've ever felt in a godzilla movie like i didn't know i was gonna get excited about that plus the awesome monster but also like oh a function in bureaucracy well i think it all kind of goes <laughs> goes together like you you have to have this monster be absurdly disturbing yeah because if it's if it's reminiscent of anything, and I think that's I don't know, headcanon. It's one of the reasons why they dis why why Godzilla looks so different in this than compared to any other previous version is because in every other previous version they've now dealt with Godzilla, and so you know how to yeah. handle the situation. And in this one, make it so out there that nobody knows how to handle this. Because it's constantly changing. The threat is constantly morphing. Yeah. And show I mean, ancient versions of the overly bureaucratic systems at work versus the let's just work the problem. Yeah. And not work the response and work, you know. Yet there was a little bit of that even in the, the ragtag group. Like they knew they were against the clock. They knew that they had to make hard decisions. Yep. But it wasn't yeah. the, I think we should adjourn this meeting and move to the other conference room. And it's the same fucking people getting up, moving to, this, moving to a new room. Every fucking um, time, man. Which is one of, my, one of my favorite scenes in that, because it, it shows <laughs> the old versus the new, right? Yep. Yeah. But it at the same time, you know, you, you still need some form of, of somebody's got to be in charge in the room. Yeah, like mm -hmm. the whole role of the leader is to just correct, like corral the right people together, let like kind of moderate what's delivered, and then take what's take what's done, what what they created, and initiate the plan. Go forth, you know. It's like it's not to be like respect my authority, right. <laughs> smack the stick down. Right there, there, there is there is no ceremony here. There's no yeah. ceremony. It's all no. it's just work the problem and get the job done. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Do you think that's true though? In an unprecedented, in, in an unprecedented event, do you abandon ceremony? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's got to be true. Yeah. To some. Yeah. To some extent. 
Like, and I bet people that are close to the, you know, in the room where it happened, so to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> where um, where big major decisions were made, you know, around times where there were, you know, natural disasters or, or something that's occurring on the ground right now, we need a decision, probably would, would attest to that, that that's, you, you start cutting through that, um, you know, as you call it, ceremony, like getting rid of the the status quo and just being like okay well what what works what can we do here because um i think that's how how um yaguchi's character in this is initially scoffed at like he's a little he, he's treated like an upstart like maybe he should you know he should know his place and yeah and not be speaking out in these meetings and um pretty quickly they realize that maybe he's onto something and they're like okay well go 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 off in your little room over there and organize your your band of people and, you know, report back to us. And so they humor him. And then, you know, eventually these, <laughs> this group of people ends up being the, the ones that actually put together the puzzle in every, you know, and save the day, so to say, I guess. But well, they, they can, the, the, the heads get completely fucking wiped out. And let's talk about well, this that scene. Too. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this Godzilla's uh, atomic breath blast. Uh, laser light show, Both? whatever you want to fucking yeah. call it. Uh, what are what it's are a our rave thoughts? from hell? I it mean. is a rave from hell. <laughs> that was, I mean, again, the the idea that a giant mutant radiated dinosaur exists is absurd. The idea that it breathes radiation beams is preposterous. <laughs> this thing just goes, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's take that up too. This one goes to eleven, right? It's, yeah, um, and shoots laser la- laser radiation out of the fins on its back, like and its tail. Yeah. Oh, the tail. And yeah, some. Well, what is, what is it? They have a. He's a giant nuclear reactor. He's always trying to get rid of his heat. So they kind of like have it where he's hit a certain heat point where he just he just vomits Exhaust. flames. Yeah. Like how about how about when they first started off? It's just not like it's not like a straight blue beam, but it just he's I just love that. he yeah me too. Like he's just spewing out like this toxic smoke and fire, and you're seeing it just fire off into the city, and With then it that just, enough is burning the city. Yeah, and irradiating it, doing so much fucking damage, and then it's then it focuses it into this this fucking tight concentrated mm-hmm. beam, and just lasering through buildings like a like a samurai sword that's how i compare well, it because when it goes through the building opens up like fucking predator i mean it's like yeah. the lower yep, jaw the bottom it, jaw splits yeah oh my I, god god the first time i saw that which was probably back in 2016 i was just like whoa they're going where no godzilla's gone before holy yeah. shit yeah um, it, it it adds to it just being horrifying. It's like a cobra spreading its hood before it strikes or spits or something. It's just yeah. this um, incredible display of don't touch. And no, then it turns it glows down. orange. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. it shuts down. Oh, you mean after it? Atta- well, before the shutdown, yeah. I just like how it's like what it decides to do to do the back beams is it shuts its mouth. And then it just like fires it from its fucking back. It's like it's coming out from anywhere it can 
It's like when you it's like when you hold a burp and hope it goes somewhere else. It's just it's like it's like oh got back knee. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, but he shoots almost an array of like air defense lasers out of his back. You know, basically scanning the sky and knocking everything that's a threat to it out of the sky. Whether that's like, but then yeah, just the just kind of nature of the creature, it leads you to wonder like. I mean, is that something that this thing is thinking about? Is it planning? Is it defending itself? Or is it literally just, you know, letting off this energy in any way? I mean, I guess you got you have to take to to a certain extent that it's defending itself a bit against attack. But well, it gets hit um, by that. So the so in this part in the movie, uh, Americans send two B fifty two. No, not two B fifty twos. What they sent uh, stealth, stealth stealth bombers. Yeah. Um, and one of the bombs that they drop actually does serious damage. Like, it's the only time I've ever seen a Godzilla 898 doesn't fucking count. Anyways, it's the first time you see God's, like a true Godzilla get hit by a missile. And it, he just gets hit and just so much Godzilla blood just spewing out mm-hmm. off of his mm-hmm. back. And like they have like the down camera. Like, you're just looking up. It's like a... It's like an OnlyFans scene, and you're like, this is the worst job the cameraman should be in, and then the, the fluids hit you, <laughs> um, which is a cool fucking scene in a Godzilla movie, I will say that much, but, and then, yeah. it's like, he knows, like, holy shit, I can't let one of these fucking things hit me again, and then it's just like, then it does the fucking back lasers, it's like, it did the shotgun approach, I'm like, there's too many fucking things flying in the air, this tiny little beam, I don't have the time to fucking aim, I'm just gonna buckshot it. <laughs> just gonna nuclear atomic it, black buckshot the whole fucking space yeah it's kind of like a big you know kind of early human walked into a, you know the first time they'd ever discovered a hive of bees and like uh, <laughs> you know like oh these things are buzzing all around me these are interesting I wonder what these things are all about like oh shit one of them stung me and then it's just like now fuck. I have to kill them all <laughs> fuck so, it with fire but, yeah it's just yeah. like um, yeah, but like going back to like Joe said, once this thing's just expelled all of its energy, it just fucking shut down for I think fifteen days, is what it was in the yeah. movie. It's like, how scary is that? Where you're like, oh cool, this giant fucking monstrosity we know nothing about is now asleep, which we can predict fifteen days, but. Good news is, is it stopped destroying stuff. Bad news is, it's still just standing there, and we don't yeah. know when it's gonna come back on. Like it's, it's a ticking time bomb, literally. It's like a stark. Point. It's like a stark bomb in the Romanoffs' living room. <laughs> yeah, and that and that literally equates, doesn't it, to the um, situation at the Fukushima? Yeah. Meltdown. Yeah. Was, like what? Were they sitting literally, or just sitting there, kind of waiting? Like, well, it's either gonna melt down a little bit and we'll contain it or it's going to like really melt down and there's really nothing we could do except wait and see what happens <laughs> um, yeah pretty much what and about go ahead act. there has yeah. to be some something you have to do something well that's the scene where the government gets wiped like the heads of the government get wiped out because they they're forced yeah. to evacuate um like the pm the prime minister wanted to stay he wanted to see things out but they insisted that he leave even the main character says he'd leave yeah so none of the none of they finally talked him into it right i would say despite the incompetence of a lot of these these head these government heads you, you never get the feeling that like they're not trying they really are trying to do what they feel is best it's just 
they're too set into their ways and it ultimately led to their downfall yeah i mean that was one thing when when they're talking about we have to think about our our image in this a little bit and how the public's going to view this it's never done in a way because of a vanity but more like because if people panic we are going to have a big problem and they need to trust yeah. us. And, and yeah. they need to trust us, and we need to be thinking of their best interest. So I agree. This isn't a, you know, bureaucracy is all corrupt, which it may or may not be, but that's what not what they're focusing on here. It's more just... Regardless, it's got, not working. They have a lot of shit they do need to worry about. Yeah. yeah it's but, not an anti-government movie. No, it's, no. Really, it's really not. In fact, even the, you know prime minister of japan has he's like it's not an anti-government movie and in fact it shows how government has a lot of responsibilities so even even you know abe was okay with it (laughs) (laughs) so but um for what for what it's worth so godzilla shuts down um so their solution is to eject they find out that you know he only functions off for uh was it nuclear fission He's just a walk-in reactor, and they realize that the uh, he uses a blood cooling system, and he overheats, hence why he goes back to the bay. So the best way to defeat Godzilla is to eject him with a super sped-up coagulant, which coagulants we've seen before in Godzilla movies. Um, mm-hmm. But the way that the humans in the third act, which I, I guess, if I'm going to have a criticism about this movie, which I love this movie, it's really great. It's not perfect but it is a fucking damn good fucking movie um is that its third act does kind of feel like it sags a little bit uh versus like you the first two acts of the movie you get godzilla and this final act you kind of get sleeping godzilla (laughs) um until the final bit and it's mainly just all this like getting people together but for me i like it i like this stuff i didn't hate it but i understand people's criticisms of that and how that can bore a general audience who's like i just want to watch them fight and want to watch them fight but i like the i think i really liked watching the scenes of like okay we we're we're what's left we're recuperating there's not much resources left we have to do everything we can to get the resources we need they're calling businesses to like they're pulling their ties they're calling businesses or uh companies to get whatever trucks they can get they're getting like cherry pickers with like uh hoses attached to Mm -hmm. them uh they're getting uh coagulants from different companies working together um they're sharing formulas for that like there's like a brief mentioning of something like that they're contacting other governments like in uh germany like hey we need to use your supercomputer we crack this major code um like they're they're really shown like this teamwork dynamic just like we have to dissolve like whatever these protocols are we understand but this is not a situation in which we, we we have the time we need to do this because in the same time they're fighting a different cop clock the un declares that they uh are going to drop a a thermal nuclear device on godzilla which of course for tokyo and their history is a heavy thing to hear and that they're forced, the government that is in charge, there is like a, a sitting PM who was uh, originally a director of agriculture. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. um, he, it's like the only cabinet member left. Like, <laughs> he, yep. he has to reluctantly agree because they're like, what else can we do? So they're really hinging on this last ditch effort 
uh, for the coagulant because you really start to see the characters carry this weight of Tokyo might be bombed again. And they really give oh, it that was, time. That, that, was a, that was a depressing, I mean, well done, but just absolutely depressing yeah. part of the story. Yeah, I so I I just kind of wanted to mention and talk about that. Like, what what else do you guys like? Anything in particular about that? Well, I think that? it's yeah. I I think it's a definitely like poignant moment in the movie. Just the not only because obviously they don't want you know their biggest capital city to be totally destroyed by a thermonuclear weapon, but it's also that kind of precedent like you know the UN. But really, we're talking about the UN led by a military initiative by the United States. Yeah, are going to drop a nuclear weapon on Japan, and that has an entire you know um that ties right back into history like that's just you know basically ripping up and open old wounds of you know uh hiroshima and nagasaki and i think you feel that really big in this they do a really good job of bringing that out in the uh, actors yeah they really they really just, show just that. what that would mean to japan as a, as a as a culture as a society and and you know work fe- feeling that they've moved so far beyond you know that the devastating um, events at the end of the war- Second World War, and um, they built, you know, this new society, and they they've moved on, and um, to have it all come back to the U.S. dropping a bomb on their biggest city again is, is just like, you know, this is absolutely not where we want this to go. This is not where we saw ourselves ending up. Um, so there is there's some re- there's some resignation to that, and it, it's a it's a good moment. Well, yeah. there, there's a there's a theme that we didn't mention that uh, was intentional. Is that another criticism that they they express in this movie is is Japan's timid timid nature towards um, other countries, especially the United States. Um, mm-hmm. So there was criticisms in this uh, done by the director and and writer uh, about like their views and like you know Japan is a little bit too submissive to other countries in the world and they kind of wanted to express this in this movie as well and so they you know they have the situation of that it's like no we need to show like it we should determine the fate of our country in our own hands like 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 yeah help because help help us don't do it for us well they're essentially being set up yeah right yeah because it and... makes it sound like yeah yeah and you know i i think that was a a a very you know patriotic symbol for japan and there is like okay we're 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 gonna do we're gonna go kicking and screaming here we're not gonna let you make this decision for us yeah um which is cool yeah like give us the chance like give us one more day give us one more day what do you guys think about the final act when they actually initiate the plan I mean, it was, it's fun. It, it's, it, it, I don't want to say it falls apart at the end, but the end, it's not as exciting personally as right. it was kind of built up to be, but they had to finish it somehow. So that's fine. Um, I think what, what, this isn't a movie that's good because of its like peak climax. No. Though it's I not mean, bad though. They had bomb trains. So yeah, a whole fleet yeah. of bomb trains. But it, it all kind of plays into yeah. you know, like the moral of the story's already been told. Now you're just like, okay, yeah, bomb trains, get it? Yeah, you know, improvise, cool, got got the message. 
<laughs> dropping like skyscrapers. You don't you on have top to hold my them. hand here. I get it. You know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, that is my. If I have to make a gripe about this movie, is that it has a, a little bit of a weakness in the third act, and I feel like they could have. I mean, a lot of it's formulating the plan, right? It's it's this bit about the nuke coming. Uh, the United Nations weapon and them trying to get a chance to use their plan to uh, exterminate Godzilla. And when we finally get down to it, I feel like they could have really ramped it up a little bit more because basically what you get is, oh, we're gonna we're getting that extra day to use the plan and the plan works and a movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, you, I, I kind of wanted that extra, like, I mean, not that not that you really want an extra hurdle because you've watched these people kind of, like, suffer through a lot of stuff at this point, but, like, that extra bit that makes it a climax of a movie, like, you know, an extra challenge that unforeseen, and there there wasn't really anything. It's yeah. just like, oh, the plan worked exactly, pretty much exactly how we thought it was going to. I, we tried, you know, we tried flying in the bombers, we tried doing this, the, these few things, and we knew that was going to go wrong. We got the coagulant in it worked yeah like so. every like they did the military attack that godzilla would would be used to but they also did like the ground tactics of civilian stuff it was actually the civilian stuff that won in the end because godzilla didn't yeah. face any civilian anything uh they they blew up his like the ground beneath his feet they tacked him with trains bombarded him with trains um mm-hmm. and then dropped buildings s- even building like skies buildings on them con- yeah, like yeah. three four at least um yeah uh, they were really just wipe like they were literally attacking him with tokyo that's yeah, how i feel I a little it. bad as we <laughs> describe the scene it sounds it sounds exciting but it does something about it the way it plays in the movie it just it's not quite doesn't quite reach the level of the second act godzilla stuff so I think it feels a little bit yeah. of a... Uh, but I don't know. I, th- I think the speech that um, Yaguchi does at the end, like, he's like, hey, just so you... Like, a lot of you are not going to be coming back to this. Like, this is a major service that you're doing. Like, the, like you're there's no way that the ra- you're going to come away from, like, with the radiation in that area. Like, we are not going to come out of this unharmed. But the fact that you're here to do this is, a, is an important sacrifice, and we appreciate it. And it kind of, go, like I said, it goes back to that, like, when they had their um, reactor disaster and, like, historically, like, actually happened. And what you had various members of, of the society, like the elderly, for example, like, volunteering to clean up their radioactive area to ensure that younger generations didn't get contaminated. Um and I kind of tried to express that here with these char- like these people. Like, when you see these people go in... They're not only risking their lives against Godzilla, you have to remember, and as they, they, they do this in the movie, that just being there, they're fucked. They're contaminated. There's so much radiation um, already for, in that area for Godzilla. So uh, it's one of those things that you kind of catch on your like fifth view. And like, this is a movie that rewards you the more you watch it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, so the first time watching this, for anybody, that action scene at the end it can be boring as fuck the the government can be boring as fucked but you this you can rewatch this movie and get more out of it you can watch the sub and the dub however you prefer to understand it but you will get something out of it if you do either one or the other like there is so much in this and it gives so much 
Um, and so the movie even ends on a weird cliffhanger. <laughs> How about Godzilla's tail? We didn't mention the design yeah. element of this Godzilla. Oh, the tail, the tail. Yeah. Who wants to take it? It's the oh. tail is somewhat similar to the original Godzilla's tail, but it's like three times longer and has like a snake-like whip. <laughs> Like thing, it just taken this tail takes things out more than really any other part of this creature, at well, least in its uh, third iterate, like uh, adapted iteration. But yeah, we yeah, the mention, tail's crazy. We don't mention that it too also fires a beam. It has a mouth. Yeah. Yep. It's it has like, like three jaws or some shit. Yeah, it's got teeth on it that look like kind of vestigial, almost like a a, a non-formed conjoined thing um and then the in the in the very end you see because godzilla has been metamorphosing into whatever it's threatened by throughout the whole movie the last version is it forming human godzilla essentially yeah like it's forming its own godzilla society at the tip of its tail that would about to spawn human godzilla uh, and they're like human-esque Godzilla creatures. They're skeletal. They have like one eye, and they got the spines. That was. It's, it's, it reminds me of something from John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Totally. But, but not in like a rip-off way. But it just—it's got the same kind of feel to it. Like that unnerving. It's, it's kind of just like adapting. biological it's, thing. Yeah. It's learning by observing, and it's it's copying the traits. And yeah. 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 And that's which which leads into you know kind of gives some credence to the ideas of that were floated around earlier in the movie about it spreading. Um, yeah, it reproduces it could, asexually. Yeah. Yep. So yep. I do have a question though for both of you before we start to wrap things up though. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's. Excuse me, the character of Maki, you know, the, the scientist whose code they're trying to crack, and he's this mysterious oh, yeah. kind of presence. There, there's a fan theory, not even really a fan theory. There's a, a not so subtle suggestion in the movie that Maki unleashed Godzilla. Yeah, and he said, "This is the scientist yeah. that's been predicting." He hated ra- he hated anything to do with radiation because his wife died from radiation poisoning complications and he's been dedicating his life to the research and he's been predicting for decades that some creature could be feeding off of the you know radioactive waste in the oceans and it could develop all of these random mutations and he's right but because mm-hmm. his yacht is found at the very beginning of the movie you find his yacht afloat at sea the the assumption there is that he committed suicide because his you know the way his shoes are positioned and he left a note a note that says yeah. you know i did just as i did do as you wish yeah um and that turns out to have a different interpretation than what they thought it, they thought it meant you know do whatever you want with this data and really it meant more good luck um yeah or that's kind of the like do what you will good luck it's not going to do you any good at least that's one interpretation what are your thoughts on that? I've also heard one that, like, he might actually been the catalyst that triggered... Like, he himself physically was the catalyst that triggered Godzilla. Like, he could have been, like, the the final, el- the final gen- genetic material added that just triggered this creature into existence. Not that he is Godzilla, but, like, he was... 
he himself physically the key hence why he is gone i'm not saying i believe that one i'm just saying that's one i've heard that we haven't mentioned so what about well you, i mean that wouldn't yeah, make I'm... a bad movie no wouldn't would it not like the idea that like you hate radiation so bad in the society that um but then he's because he was working for an energy firm for america a lot like biolante i'm just gonna say that um yeah uh and so you know he comes back he knows some shit like that's also why the americans are coming in like looking for like they're actually covering up yeah. like they call him godzilla um the the creature like they had a code name and everything like that but um so they knew about it through him the 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 professor that went missing uh so the idea that like he becomes the monster like he kills himself and becomes the monster it's that sound actually pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i definitely i'm not sure if i would take it that far from in the context of what's in the film but i definitely do think that there is some suggestion that he you know perhaps had something to do with uh the catalyst just because you know his his boat being in the right place at the right time him you know disappearing right at the right time yeah um certainly he's in he they you know lead you to believe he's involved in these events in some way maybe not yeah. just a scientist that's um observing these events but certainly uh or at the very least he he knew knew something was going yeah. on yeah 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 he may have gone there and observed that yes there's a creature down there and then was like all right i'm taking the way out <laughs> well what about uh any final thoughts? Kind of wrap this one up. Uh, Joe, do you want to start? Sure. Um, you know, I, I saw this one when it first came out in 2016. It was released in the U.S. in October 2016. I think I, I saw it within a week or two of it coming out. I, I found a cut of it or something. Um, and I was really impressed with it then. But I do have to say, and, and I've seen it in bits and pieces since then. But really sitting down and watching it in full. Uh, this is the first time I have, I think, since since I first saw it. And, wow. Um, watching this in a post-Trump, post-current pandemic <laughs> situation, yeah. uh, or setting, where we see government incompetency. We see a focus on image, though, again, as I said in this one, it's not as vain. Um, but it gets in the way. Um, and just seeing how people deal with a earth-shatteringly big change. Um, I don't know, it just hit a little different, you know? Yeah. And the, the, the creature design in this one, it, it's just horrific. Um, so just, you know, we, we already kind of talked about that and obviously the inspiration from it, but the... The, that red tape bureaucratic angle has always been there, of course, since the first viewing. But it's just so much more impactful now. It's kind of like watching Contagion during the first few weeks of the pandemic. You know, it was like, wow, this is hitting on, <laughs> hitting a little closer to home than I ever expected it to. And no, we don't have giant monsters walking around yet. But, yet. <laughs> you know, um, this one really hit close to home. And it just reinforced why it's one of my my favorites and like you said eric it's one of my favorite movies that's come out in the last few decades it's up on the list 
but it's definitely one of my favorite Godzilla movies because it actually makes Godzilla fucking terrifying again. Yeah. You know? And by by treating Godzilla as an event rather a character. And for uh, grade wise, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give this one like an A minus. Um, it's it's really friggin' good. Okay, Eric. I mean, I pretty much agreed on all counts. I like this one a lot. It's uh, it's hugely entertaining. I think we didn't mention enough when we were talking about it that it's actually quite funny at points too. It is. Um, and it's the uh, the basically the criticism of government bureaucracy and stuff. But it's it there's a lot of like subtle humor that is more of an eye-rolling like yeah totally that's how it would happen kind of stuff but it's certainly funny even to the point of being somewhat hilarious at, at, at points and then it's juxtaposed with this like really horrific uh kind of you know monster stuff as well so um but yeah greatly entertaining movie it is a super like refreshing reboot of the idea of godzilla the original godzilla yeah. film and it hits all of the themes but but you know, in a way that's very different and it feels fresh the whole time. And that is something they have tried and tried and tried to do with this uh, property. And I, and, and where I, you know, being a big fan of Godzilla and the, and the entire series, I've never, I, I, I've never really grown bored of it, but this is the first time I think they've really knocked it out of the park with like making Godzilla feel fresh, new, threatening, you know, horrific, as Joe said, um, and yeah, it, that that's the main strength of this movie, and you know, based just on those aspects, I think it deserves a really good grade. But um, yeah, the one gripe I have with it, and the way it's not going to get a plus at the end at the at this, is because I feel like there is a little bit of a problem with the third act. Not a problem per se. The story works out nicely. I actually like the way that it's structured, but I just feel like there could have been a little bit more of a a battle at the end you know the battle is really in the second act which is weird so it gives the movie kind of a little bit of a weird structure but i don't know this is one of the best godzilla films ever made and uh because it's just it's it's something it's something different but it's something still that, that just is so much the same and hits on all the like the good stuff about you know the original and and uh um yeah, one of my favorites, like I said earlier, one of my favorite films in general of the of that decade, and I'm going to give this one an A. Um, it's going to miss the plus just based on some of my little bit of structure gripings, but it's it's a great movie, and I recommend it to pretty much anybody that's into you know, sci-fi action um, monster-type movies. you got to see this one. This one's fantastic, and you can't miss it. Um, Once again, yeah, this is... Uh... This is this is probably this is, it's probably my favorite Godzilla movie. Like my favorite Godzilla movie is the original Godzilla movie. So I don't feel like it's a bad thing that this is also up. It's tied for me. Like these are both like like we've mentioned. These are it's the same movie, but told completely different in a modern sense. Like it, it really is a perfect modern interpretation of the original Godzilla movie. The original feeling of dread like like yeah. it sits on like oh it's it's when it shows those those moments of tragedy it does a good job with that but it does also balance like a sense of humor with the failure of like uh red tape bureaucracy in trying to get things done for people like how a government can 
overwhelm itself into a point of not functioning. Um, and then on top of this threat, this creature design, like this Godzilla, the, like it has these biological features, like these jagged teeth where it doesn't need, it just has them. And it just, like, <laughs> its whole point of existence is just to exist, even to spite itself. Like, it's in constant agony and pain. It looks like constant agony and pain. Like, it is a perfect amalgamation of just, just the horrors that humanity is eventually going to have to face or come to. Like, overcome. Like, this needs to be the thing that looks impossible to overcome, but the, the attempt to even try to overcome it. This... <sighs> I love this movie so much. <laughs> like... And I think you get a lot out of this movie. This movie should not be missed. This movie should be experienced. And yes, there are moments in it in a Godzilla movie, the final act, where it does get a little... Um, it wasn't painfully boring. It's just not what you... It's just not that same level of hype that you usually kind of get in like an American Godzilla movie or yeah. other previous uh, verse monster movies. But this... I, I I enjoy it. This like like our grade like Godzilla our grades from A minus to A, I'm giving this an A plus. This is I am now uh, my grade is the Shin Godzilla. <laughs> it it's got the fucking back laser spines and everything. I love it. Like I've Scott, I can't say how many times I've watched this and I always get something new out of it. But that's also how Anya works with his uh Evangelion series. The more I've watched fucking watch that, the more I fucking get out of it. The guy knows how to condense a universe, a concept, a message, uh uh um just so much into into such a small form. That you feel like maybe it might be overwhelming, but when you watch it more and more, you love it more. It's kind of like Blade Runner that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but with that, that's that's that was Shin Godzilla, everybody. Well, and we would love to know yeah. what everybody's thoughts of Shin Godzilla are. If you're listening and you've got something to pipe in, you want to share any of your questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, please feel free to send them to the Video Junkier Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or on Facebook at the main Video Junkyard pod Podcast page or the Video Junkyard Podcast group. We would love to uh, hear what you have to say or if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes. And coming up next week, as our Kaiju Countdown continues, we are going to check out a non-Godzilla Kaiju movie from the 1960s <gasps> called The X from Outer Space. Sacrilege. Directed, yeah, directed by <laughs> Kazu Nanamatsu. And, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, diverge from the Godzilla series to check out some of the other. And, and just so you know, if you're not super familiar with kaiju movies, there are tons of non-Godzilla kaiju movies uh, of varying quality. So we'll see where, where the X from Outer Space lands. And we hope that you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, please feel free to hit that share button, send it to everybody you love and even some people you don't. Um, and we hope that you join us again next time. And until then, this is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm Ryan Stiskel saying... You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. 
We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard <laughs>